What's up, everybody? My name is David E.J. Berger. You can find me at Carl Jr. on Twitter. And welcome to Training Camp Dialed In. I'll be featuring phone calls with NFL writers and reporters from the actual sidelines of camp, getting their first-hand accounts of the action from a fantasy perspective. This is the place to be all month long, so you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Authority feed, the exclusive home of the super short-run, super niche, it's super essential podcast for the month of August. And we are back. We are back. This tour of training camps continues once again today i mean we were back yesterday the day before that we had some days off before that but we are rolling here folks and uh it's because draft day is approaching at this point you have i don't know at least three drafts probably lined up they're in your google calendar they're in the calendar on your phone and you're counting down the home leagues are fired up guys are texting the casuals the casuals are out there. They're 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 finally discovering that football is back. Preseason games have been played, folks. Okay, football is back. You need information, and we're bringing it to you again today. I mentioned this was heavy hitters week, and uh, you might not think this team is a heavy hitter team, but guess what? We could have a future fantasy stud on our hands. We're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're wiping away last year. It's a new year, a new regime. A new Trevor Lawrence, ETN is full go, and we're going to find out more. I dialed up Hayes Carlion. He's the Jaguars reporter for 1010XL and 92.5, Jacksonville, Florida's flagship radio home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's the co-host of the Frangie Show from 3 to 6 p.m., so you can hear Hayes every day. They have an app. If you're, if you're listening, hey, what happened at training camp today? What happened in season? You can find out from Hayes. You can find him at Hayes Carlion on Twitter. And he's about to deliver the definitive guide to the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars. What are we waiting for? Let's bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, Hayes Carline. Hey, good morning, David. How are you? Good, Hayes. How are you? Doing great. Oh, man. Thank you so much uh, once again for joining me. And, uh, you know, obviously. Obviously, uh, this team is you know, pretty exciting for fantasy gamers, uh, especially coming off last year. So I'm excited to dig in. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Speaking of last year, we're going to throw it out. We're going to th- we're gonna toss it out. Normally, I do a little a little recap uh, and go over some numbers, but we're, we're wiping that away. And uh, we're, we're turning the page to this year. In comes uh, new coach Doug Peterson, uh, offensive coordinator Press Taylor, and passing game coordinator Jim Bob Cooter. You know we're looking to we're looking to find out how this offense is gonna you know operate as a whole in 2022. We know Peterson from Philly a little bit, but from what you've seen at camp, uh, you know what should we expect from this offense in 2022 in terms of scheme, formations, tendencies? You know how is this gonna work uh, from a nuts and bolts standpoint? Yeah, I think the the biggest thing is that. They don't have a superstar. I mean, they hope Trevor Lawrence is that. Uh, But in terms of his, what's around him, they don't have a superstar, but they've got guys that have that kind of potential, Uh, starting with Travis Etienne. He's had an outstanding training camp. Uh, Obviously, he's had a full year to recover from the Liz Frank. He was able to participate in the offseason program. Uh, He's been there every day in camp. So, yeah, I think it starts with Travis Etienne who certainly is showing the kind of dual threat ability that, you know, the, the Jaguar saw coming out of uh, Clemson. So, 
starts there. Travis Etienne has the look of a player that could certainly have a breakout season. You know, then I think you look at the the receivers and tight ends. Christian Kirk's had a really good camp, creates separation. Trevor clearly trusts him. You know, again, is he is he an elite receiver in this league? Probably not, but I think he's going to get an opportunity here that he hasn't had before, and he's entering the prime of his career and, and seems like he's really taken to it. Zay Jones has been a surprise for me. I didn't really understand the signing at the time, but he's bigger, more explosive than what I thought. Uh, he's had an outstanding last couple of days. He's been good throughout camp, but it almost seems to me that he has separated himself from Marvin Jones. So in my mind, it's Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Then there's been a, a drop-off in camp. Then you've got Marvin Jones, and then there's another drop-off, and you've got LaVisca Chanel, Jamal Agnew, La- Laquan Treadwell, guys like that. So, uh, And then Evan Ingram at tight end. We know, obviously, that Doug Peterson is going to emphasize the tight end. It's why Evan Ingram signed a one-year prove-a-deal with the Jaguars. So he's looked good. Uh, he's had he had some drops early on in camp, but the Jaguars were never concerned about it, and uh, and they certainly never lost confidence in him. They kept feeding him the ball. So Evan Ingram's performed really well. It's hard to believe he's listed as a tight end because he he doesn't even look like that big of a receiver. But he, you know there he is. So uh, you know I I don't know that there's uh, an elite star Trevor can lean on yet. But he's got a nice array of options. Like when he drops back, he's going to have four options that I think are pretty good. And, and you know, that's not including Dan Arnold at tight ends who can do some things. So, you know, around him, it's a lot better. It's just a question of can some of these young players, you know, really rise and become the, you know, elite at their position. You know, last year, Lawrence was actually seventh in attempts, uh, passing attempts. A lot of that was because they were you know, trying to come back. But, you know, are, are they going to try to be more balanced this year uh, with the run game? I know Peterson likes to rotate in his his running backs as well. So are they going to lean on that pass game or do you, do you expect a balanced attack out there? I think they're going to try to be balanced. But again, I think environmentally, the Jaguars are, are pretty attractive from a fantasy standpoint because they probably are still going to be trailing in the majority of the games that they play. Like even if things go well for the Jaguars, you're probably still looking at a seven and nine team. So, you know, when, when you consider that, I, I would imagine that, you know, when you look at the final numbers, they're not going to be very balanced because there's going to be more games where they're having to play catch up than they're, you know, able to go four minute and try to, you know, kill the clock out. So I, you know, I would think that it's still going to be more uh, tilted towards the past, just because I, I think that they're going to have to, play catch up more than they'd like to in the second half. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, obviously Doug Peterson's done a nice job of that in his career. Uh, they'd love to, to lean on the ground game. James Robinson looks like, you know, he's going to be ready for the opener, which is really exciting considering he tore his Achilles on Christmas Eve last year. So I, I, I still think it's ETN's job. I think he's going to get the lion's share, but you know, you also have James Robinson, who's a really good, plotter really good at keeping uh the team in good down and distance situations he's just not a, a home run threat you know i i think you when you have etn and robinson obviously you want to lean on that ground game as much as you can but again like i said i i would imagine you know this team isn't going to go 12 and 5 uh barring just something freaky so you know i think because of that you look at the environment the environment tells me that they're going to have to throw more than run because they're not they're going to lose more games than they win 
We've mentioned uh, ETN a few times now, and uh, he's a name that's really, you know, it's buzzy in these fantasy streets. Uh, he's up to third round pick. Uh, I think come, you know, you know, here in a couple of weeks, he could even slip into the, you know, the, the back end of the second round if, if this guy has a few splash plays in preseason. But, uh, you know, James Robinson, as you said, is coming back. Is this going to be more of a timeshare than, than gamers would like, or is it full ETN season and Snoop Connor is a guy going, you know, as a flyer in, in deep, deep leagues. Any Snoop talk? Sure. I, I, ETN to me is the back you want to own because I think he is going to get the vast majority of the touches. Again, I, I think early on, it's going to be hard for them to put a lot on James Robinson. And then I think by the time that maybe they're ready to, ETN will have solidified his spot. So, you know, if I had to guess, I'd say ETN gets. 65% of the total touches may be higher uh, and James Robinson maybe gets 30% and then the rest of them get, you know, a, a minuscule amount. Snoop Connor is, is interesting. He's got good value. Now he disappointed in the hall of fame game. He really wasn't all that explosive. Uh, Doug Peterson wanted to see better vision out of him. He had, he had been pretty good in camp. So I don't know if he just had it, maybe a, an off night, you know, getting used to the speed of the NFL. But that was a little bit of a concern. But he's got a lot of upside as a late-round guy because you're talking about he's behind two running backs. One's coming off a Liz Frank. One's coming off an Achilles. So, you know, all it takes is for Etienne or Robinson to go down. And Snoop Connor's going to have, you know, a, a really sizable workload. There's really no one else available. They could certainly go sign somebody off the street. But... You would think that Connor's going to get the first crack to, you know, to move up the depth chart and get those carries. So uh, I like Snoop Connor as a guy, particularly if you do draft ETN. You know, if you draft James Robinson, I don't know that you're handcuffing him for where he's going to be going in drafts. But, uh, you know, but if you invest a, a pretty high pick in ETN, then, you know, it would make some sense if you're in a deep enough league to come back and get Connor. Because if something were to happen, I think Connor would benefit. So I'd like to see more out of him. I think this Friday's game against Cleveland is going to be, you know, big for Snoop Connor to show that, you know, that he's got the burst that we've been seeing in camp. It's all going to come down to the situation, but you you think his probability is a little higher than maybe some other late round rookies just because of the injury history, recent injury history of the the two guys ahead of him on the depth chart. Great stuff, Pays. This is why we're here. Uh, let's talk about those wide receivers a little bit more. You broke them down pretty well already, but we're degenerates, Hayes. We need the we need some more to- some more talk. Uh, I am as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Kirk uh, seems like the clear wide receiver one here, and and probably rightfully so after his contract. But how are these guys lining up? You know, is is Kirk in the in the slot on the outside? Yeah, he's everywhere, which I like because I think defenses are going to have trouble identifying where Christian Kirk is going to be lined up. And and that's obviously by design from Doug Peterson. So I think it's going to be tough for teams to know pre-snap, you know, how to defend Christian Kirk on the field. So that's going to benefit him. I And, and I do think that he is the one that is going to the passing game is going to be geared around. He can strike from all over the field. Zay Jones has showed that as well, though. Uh, he even in like yesterday's practice, he caught a 75-yard touchdown bomb from Trevor, but then also caught some stuff just under uh, underneath and in the intermediate that was impressive. That would have had some nice yards after catch. So, you know, I, I think Christian Kirk is is clearly the guy that you'd want to own. Zay Jones is probably a guy that you can sneaky 
get late because I don't know how much buzz there's going to be on Zay Jones. And Marvin Jones still has value. I, I've been disappointed in his camp, you know, but certainly he is somebody that got a lot of targets last year. Uh, there's not anything sizzling about his game, but he's a savvy veteran. Trevor obviously went to him a lot last year. I think that relationship is is still pretty sound. You know, Marvin Jones, I think, has value. But to me, I'd, I'd have Christian Kirk, decent-sized gap, Zay Jones, and then another gap, and then Marvin Jones. In terms of Evan Ingram, I think he's a guy that that will catch a lot of passes if he, if he stays healthy. That's the biggest thing. If you're willing to roll the dice on Evan Ingram's health, then, yeah, I think you'll get good value selecting him where, where he'll go in most drafts because he's going to have an opportunity, I think, to catch 70, 80 passes if he plays 17 games. Okay, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people out there are projecting uh, potentially 100 targets for Evan Ingram. Is that a crazy projection or does that sound uh, right to you? It sounds right to me if he, uh, again, if he stays healthy because you can just tell throughout training camp i mean he and when they go 11 on 11 7 on 7 i mean he is he's getting a lot of volume so i don't think that's going to change and again he can't block i mean so he's a he's he's the smallest tight end i've ever seen uh like well the first time i saw evan ingram i i was shocked that he is listed as a tight end you know he's there to to create explosive things in the passing game and we know peterson's history and peterson doesn't even shy away from that i mean he's been asked about that repeatedly in camp and you know he's like yeah you know we're gonna throw it to the tight end a bunch that's that's always been a staple of what i like to do so i think the environment is perfect for evan ingram and i think trevor lawrence is ready to step it up so i you know i also think you can trust that these guys are going to have quality quarterback play that when they create separation trevor's going to find them and and put an accurate ball on them we haven't mentioned lavisca chenault yet and uh that's pretty telling to me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it sounds like not worth mentioning maybe Hayes you know I, I think LaVisca was certainly a real disappointment last year now you know again I think some of that was LaVisca is you know, he's a he's a really good person and I think he more than maybe anybody else was the most adversely affected by Urban Meyer's coaching style so I, I just think the way Urban coached him, uh, I think LaVisca went into the jar early and never got out of it. And so they've really tried to build him back. And I think they've done a nice job. He's been injured this week, so he hasn't been out there. He's not going to play Friday against Cleveland. I do not have a lot of confidence in him. Like, I would not draft him if if it were me. Obviously, you know, former second-round pick. He's, he's physical. He does some good things. But my guess is LaVisca Chenault's headed for five to ten offensive snaps a game, that kind of a of a role. I would not take him. And even if there was a injury to, you know, Christian Zay or Marvin, I'm not sure how much how much I would like him. It's just he really struggled last year. I would need to see a little bit more before I would want to invest anything in him. I, I my guess is it's going to be a pretty minimal impact for Lavisca Chenault, and unless the team just gets ravaged by injuries and they have no choice but to play him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay, well, this is we're here for the real deal talk from guys who are there. And wow, thank you, uh, Hayes. Pretty sobering <laughs> information about Lavisca, but we need it. We need to know what's going on. Okay, Hayes, let's round to the finish uh, with some Trevor Lawrence talk. You know, he's you know, one of the headliners here, uh, so maybe we're bearing the lead a, a little bit. After his year last year, there are people with question marks. Is this guy the guy that we thought uh, from what you've seen in camp and, you know, with this new regime, are we seeing more of the Trevor Lawrence that we, you know, at times we saw him last year too. So let's not, you know, completely uh, bury the guy from last year, but he has his detractors off last season, but are we seeing 
Are we seeing peak Trevor now that he's in year two and he's got uh, you know a better head coach that can you know, help him adjust to the game a little bit more? Yeah, no question. I mean, again, think about everything that Trevor Lawrence went through last year. He had off-season shoulder surgery. He then goes into training camp and has to split first-team reps for four weeks with Gardner Minshew, who they just end up trading to Philadelphia. The head coach doesn't know what the hell he's doing, has no idea how the NFL works, basically created a Ponzi scheme and sold it to Jaguars owner Shot Khan and the Jaguar fans, hired an offensive staff that I think was pretty stagnant, not didn't have a lot of creativity left in, in their uh, repertoire and didn't have a great supporting cast around them. You know, loses Travis Etienne in, in the preseason, doesn't really have anything notable at receiver, has really nothing notable at tight end. You know, and it, it was a debacle. I mean, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong around Trevor. The the good news is he started every game, got all that time and uh, all those learning experiences. And now he's in an environment that I think is a 180 better, particularly at head coach. I mean, Doug Peterson is, has been a godsend for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, as you mentioned, he's brought a, a tremendous offensive brain trust with him and Press Taylor, Mike McCoy, Jim Bob Cooter. So Trevor's getting much better coaching he is in a much more creative scheme, much more quarterback friendly scheme. And I think the 10 around him are better too. You know, they added Brandon Sheriff at right guard, a five-time pro bowler, Cam Robinson at left tackle is having a really good camp. Uh, they drafted Luke Fortner at center, who looks like he's going to be the real deal. They're, they're going to have a good right tackle regardless because they've got a good battle between Jawan Taylor and the incumbent and Walker Little. Those are both former second round picks. No matter who wins that job, you feel pretty good about the right tackle. And if one struggles, you've got good depth there. Uh, and then at left guard, it's probably going to end up being uh, either Tyler Shatley, who is a veteran, or Ben Barch, who is a uh, rising player they took in the fourth round so i think the line looks good i uh, really like the line coach bill rosher we talked about evan ingram's a big upgrade gives them something in the passing game this franchise hasn't had in a long time and then you add christian kirk and zay jones to it you know now you've got again it's not what some of the other elite quarterbacks have around them but it's certainly a lot better than what it was last year and the biggest difference is doug peterson over urban meyer so yeah i think you know, Trevor's taken obviously every rep with the ones. He's looked incredible each day. Uh, I say that. I mean, he's looked good too, incredible each day. He hasn't had a bad day. I think he's only thrown one pick in training camp. You look at his decisiveness, his comfort level, his leadership, it's all there. You know, will he take a huge jump statistically? You know, he may still not have the supporting cast to really do that, to have a 38 touchdown, six picks kind of year, but I would be surprised if he doesn't come in somewhere around 31 touchdowns and 11 picks, you know, somewhere in there, which obviously would be a radical upgrade over last year's 12 and 17. So again, I give Trevor Lawrence a total pass for last year. I think he is ready to absolutely step it up. Is he ready to become an elite quarterback in year two? You know, that's really hard to, to say he could, but I, I certainly think, that wherever he's being drafted, he will overperform his draft round. I love it, Hayes. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to get you out of here. We have one last question, uh, but it's a bit of a toughie. Or what's your boldest fantasy take for this Jaguars team in 2022? I think Travis Etienne has over 1,400 yards of offense. Ooh, that is music to a lot of drafters ears uh guys have been drafting this guy all summer and they're very high on him so uh and that's you know because he's gonna make his hay through the air and on the ground that's right awesome all right hayes 
Thank you so much uh, once again. And uh, you said it all on this Jaguars team. Where can people find all your stuff? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. You can find me on Twitter at Hayes Carlion, H-A-Y-S-C-A-R-L-Y-O-N. And uh, you can find our app, 1010XL 92.5 FM, if you live outside the Jacksonville area. Uh, we have an app, uh, so check us out. I'm on 3 to 6 on the Frangie show and uh, really appreciate it, David. It was great being with you. Uh, great talking with you as well and uh, have a great season. Thanks so much, David. You too. Travis ETN. I got to move this guy up my ranks. You are now dialed in.